Welcome back to Disney Channel Discourse. I hope everyone's having a good time. This week's episode is the second of at least three where I'll be having on a member of MWCA as a guest. Today's guest is playing Dr. Doofenshmirtz in the musical, and in their own words, they have virtually no knowledge of Disney Channel at all. It's Sam Saper. <laughs> How are you doing, Sam? It's true, people. I'm doing well. I'm feeling wildly underqualified, but I think we're going to make some... Uh some fun podcast yeah it's actually been thinking for a while of having on someone who doesn't know anything about disney channel and getting some kind of like initial first impression and now i've, I've finally done it so the, the show you picked when i said if you have i asked you if you had any kind of uh, basic knowledge of any you said good luck charlie or at least as one po one possibility and that's what we're going to be talking about today so so what's your like what's your frame of reference on good luck charlie what did you know about it before going into these episodes so so Disney Channel, I'll just say in general, to me, when you would, I, I didn't have cable as a kid. When we would drive down to my dad's mom's house, for whatever reason, that was when we were allowed to watch cable as kids. Uh, and so, w like, you had very limited time, and there was always Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, and Disney Channel. And it was always... You, you look at Nickelodeon, and if it's playing something bad, then you go to Cartoon Network. And if that's playing something bad, then you go to Disney Channel. And I don't know why this was the case, but I think that's probably just what I, you know, that was my taste. I don't know why. So Fairly Odd Parents, I feel like I know very well. Everything else on all the cable channels, I feel like I don't really know at all. But in general, Disney Channel is the one that I, I really, I don't know any of this. I look at people completely blankly. I did at some point watch a good eight episodes of Wizards of Waverly Place. So I know that one kind of. Uh, and I think I've taken some notes and I realized that half the time I'm basically talking about how this compares to my memories of Wizards of Waverly, <laughs> of Waverly Place. So it definitely is shaped by that. But no, good luck, Charlie. I remember I heard the name and I was like, that's a weird thing to name a TV show. And then I learned that the main character's name is not Charlie, but is also a masculine name on a on a feminine character the character's name is teddy i was like that is so weird so i just always thought it was a weird show but that was the only thing i knew about it all right so i mean yeah you compare <laughs> it to wizards of waverly place i mean yeah most live action disney channel sitcoms do have very similar like plot beats and pacing elements so that's definitely not far-fetched at all uh my experience of good luck charlie uh it was on i think it was the first show i remember watching the pilot of like Wizards, Hannah Montana, uh, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody were all like already in full swing by the time I was old enough to understand what was happening. And Good, Good Luck Charlie's the first one I, I remember it being like, watch this brand new show air for the very first time, uh, which is interesting. Ah. Um, I don't. I feel like we should point this out before we start talking about it. Uh, Lee Allen Baker, who plays the mom, Amy Duncan, uh, for a long time she was like everyone's favorite like Disney Channel parent of all time because like she was like most of the time and most of these shows the parents are like you know, more, more supporting characters or more in the background. And she was the first ones to be like one of the big stars. And unfortunately over the past year or so, she's revealed herself to be like a, a right-wing nut Trumpy. Uh, oh wait, that's crazy though, because Patricia Heaton is also a right-wing nut who's, who played fucking, is it Patricia Heaton? I hope I'm not getting the name wrong. I hope I'm not indicting some other actress on, so on everybody loves Raymond. This, so this, and I mentioned this a few times, this show is very, 
has a lot of similarities plot-wise to Everybody Loves Raymond. Like, I feel like that's the show that they looked at, and they were like, we're going to make this for kids more than anything else. Mm -hmm. That's my theory. I've only seen three episodes of this show, people. But that's my theory. Um, Everybody Loves Raymond, the equivalent character that's like the the mom. Yeah, Patricia Heaton. The, The equivalent character, and it's a very similar performance. And I wrote down... This character is the same as Deborah from Everybody Loves Raymond in my notes. Patricia Heaton, yeah, is a Republican. So she's an she's a hashtag never Trumper, but she is definitely a right winger uh, who has some really bad yeah, political opinions. That's crazy. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of honestly that knowledge about Lee Allen Baker kind of did make the show like a little bit harder for me to enjoy, especially like I, I'm looking at Patricia Heaton. Like, um, I'd never heard of her. Looking on the Wikipedia page, said yeah. she says she isn't a fan of Trump, which like I guess is like the absolute barest of minimums. But Lee Allen Baker like is like an anti-masker, anti-vaccine, just like oh, no. pulling out all the stops. Yeah, uh huh. And it's like called Joe Biden a Marxist, oh. which like man, I wish, but that's crazy. Uh huh. So that was she. She was on Will and Grace. Ah, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And Abby in Back at the Barnyard. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. I never heard. It's all right. As we go, I never heard of any of that. Um, but yeah. So, uh, which I guess we can kind of talk about this later. Uh, but like this, the concept for this show was like so ripe for a spinoff that would be starting like ten years later, of like charlie being like i don't know an adolescent and watching back on all of the video diaries that teddy made for her as she's like going through yeah. life but it's very unlikely to happen now i don't think they're going to bring back uh lee allen baker and now lee allen ba- well yeah i mean now lee allen baker's whole part would be the grandmother part instead of the mother part it's interesting oh, probably not, well, well whole, she would still be like uh she, she would still charlie would probably be like just like 11 or 12 years old now so she would still be like a mom oh i see what you're saying yeah yeah i guess for some reason i was imagining it as that cbs sitcom mom i don't know uh but what you're saying makes much more sense so we watched the first two episodes yeah and i also watched the the uh last episode of the first season okay as well i don't remember what happens in that one specifically but okay that's fine okay no worries at all i didn't think to compensate for the f- right you're obviously re-watching these i don't know what i thought i was like oh well obviously You'll just know what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's not like these are like uh, linear stories either necessarily. They're really just, they're just like mostly one-off episodes. So it's it's like it's not like time for the grand finale of the season. It's just like and here is what happened to be the last episode. So yeah. Anyway, the pilot is called Study Date. Um. Well, so this episode overall, like, it contains I think like two or three of the staples that people associate with Disney Channel without showcasing that much of like the bright spots like i don't love this episode uh first of all we have an awkward teenage love interest uh and we have yes. uh lying to a parent unnecessarily and yes. number three we also have a character who puts on a disguise um it's not a very good disguise ah interesting which was something that happened ah. in that's so raven all the time and a lot of times people think of that show yeah. they'll think of like raven in disguise right away that's so raven so what so here's what i don't understand what's the first show that had this weird aesthetic that disney channel shows have and who invented that and where did it come from and why you know what i mean aesthetic do you know aesthetic you answers? mean like a like a sitcom with a laugh track <sighs> yeah like um okay so like 
a multi-camera sitcom with a laugh track that in some ways is deliberately retro, but the plots are very goofy and over the top and silly. And there tend to be, I don't know, it's just interesting. Because a lot of the time I think of a multi-camera sitcom, I think of it as not being especially um, goofy because you couldn't have the like weird cutaway gags of a single camera show. And so it's interesting that the combination of tone and format, I, I always have found to be kind of bizarre. And I just, I don't know where it comes from. Yeah, I've never really watched like Even Stevens or like Phil of the Future. So I don't really know, speak to those. But I know That's a Raven is definitely one of the first, if not the first in this kind of popular format that still exists today on the Disney Channel of that, you know, multi-camera thing with a laugh track and, and such. And good luck, Charlie. Definitely. Yes, excuse my noise. I'm moving to a less squeaky chair. All right, that's fine. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't really hear I a think, squeak. But... I think my mic picked that up. Right. Well, my mic definitely picked it up. All right. <laughs> anyway. So this pilot, this pilot starts with Teddy, who's played by Bridget Mendler, who had been on, who had like guest starred on a couple of shows before this, and they were trying to like get her own show because they were like, she's amazing. So she's uh, filming mm. herself uh, talk to her nine month old sister Charlie. And then explaining that she's making a video diary to help Charlie out with their, as she calls it, special family. Uh, we're so quirky, not like other families, of course. So this is like basically the framing device for the entire series is just Teddy making videos that, that our little baby sister is going to watch when she grows up. Uh, so we meet Amy, the mom, who wants to feed Charlie sweet peas, but she doesn't like sweet peas. It's hilarious. Then we meet PJ, who's stupid, so he's doing his homework behind schedule. Then we meet Dad, who's, who's an exterminator. And then we meet Gabe, who everyone uh, has apparently forgotten about. And Gabe hates Charlie and hates that there's a new baby and says, you ruined my life. So the story of this episode, uh, there's not really a B-plot. It's pretty much just all one big plot rolled together. The story is that Mom is going back to work at a hospital uh which is what her job after i guess nine months of maternity leave she's going back tonight for her first shift shift so everyone needs to stay home and help dad out with charlie and teddy says oh, i can't do that i have a study date with spencer everyone hates spencer by the way sam no one likes him uh which one is spencer the names in this show are so spencer weird. spencer's which the boy spencer? that teddy likes they, they they study together oh yes i wrote something down about spencer i wrote what is this kid wearing? Gray sweater vest <laughs> over red t-shirt. And that's the character's, that's like your introductory outfit. That's like your uniform. You're going with a gray sweater vest over a red t-shirt. So no, I did not like, otherwise made no impression on me, but I did not like the outfit. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, one thing Disney Channel is known <laughs> for, uh, this was like the tail end of the era of like chaotic outfits. Uh, that made no sense. Yes. Yeah, Teddy wears some really weird stuff uh, throughout. Uh, Hannah Montana was probably like the gold standard for just just nutty clothes that make absolutely no sense. Yes. Uh, oh my God. I watched um, a video with clips of that show. It was a Disney Channel show and it had the, it was a, sorry, not a show. It was an original movie. Mm -hmm. um, was it, I don't think it was Lemonade Mouth. I think it was like one after that. But oh my God. What was it about? outfits are just crazy. I'll find it. You keep talking. I'll find okay. it. Okay. Um, yeah, so we'll get back to Spencer when he actually comes in. But basically, so this is pretty much where the theme song comes in. I like to talk about theme songs when they come up yes. for the first time. Because this, sure. this one's pretty decent. Uh, I'm a music person. I know you're a music person as well. Uh, yeah. This song is pretty good. Uh, and I actually think Bridget Mendler is one of the more underrated Disney Channel singers. Like She is amazing in Lemonade Mouth. Uh, but the lyrics 
uh, in the song are awful. And for a long time, I could barely understand. Yes. I could barely oh understand like what, what she was even saying because it was pretty fast-paced <laughs> and pretty nonsensical until I actually looked into it relatively recently. I'm going to pull up the page and read them out. Uh, I'm just going to read out the lyrics. Okay. Oh, whoops, that's a YouTube yes, video. That's not it. a lyric page. Uh, while I find it, did you find what movie you were talking about? Almost. I know that it was either Danny Gonzalez or Drew Gooden that did the video about it. And so I'm just going to their... I think it might be Lemonade. Maybe it is Lemonade, though. Because Bridget Mendler, that's the one she was in. I can't think of any other decom that she was in. Were you talking about Bridget Mendler? Is it Lemonade, Bound? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. All right. I think it's... You can you can say that I said that Lemonade Mouth has crazy outfits. All right, so this Good Luck Charlie <laughs> theme song. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read out the lyrics, all right? Just like a poem. Okay. Today is all burnt toast, running late, and dad jokes. <laughs> has anybody seen my left shoe? Close <laughs> my mean... eyes. I mean... <laughs> Start with start with dad jokes. The most the the most heinous sound that that makes in your ear when it's being sung, just alone. Anti poetry. Continue. Right. Yeah, so, some things just don't say. All right, I'm gonna start. Today's all burnt toast, running late, and dad jokes. Has anybody seen my left shoe? Close my eyes. Take a bite. Grab a ride. <laughs> laugh out loud. There it is, up on the roof. I think that's a reference to the shoe, uh, to the left shoe that she lost. I've been there. I survived. So just take my advice. This is where it gets uh, just pretty generic. Hang in there, baby. Things are crazy, but I know your future's great. It gets boring there. But like those first couple lines, just whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Start over. I don't understand. So that's the story yeah. there. I felt like the chord progression was weird. It felt like the band had, it felt like the band did Wizards of Waverly Place and then they said something just like that. And they did it something just like that, but they were like, no, change the chord progression up. And they had to like awkwardly play some weird chords because it is similar to the, that Wizards theme song is amazing. And the way that the, the chord shifts at the end and shit, that's a great song. Oh, I'm definitely clicking. Yeah, the Good Luck Charlie one, it's, it's like, it's very guitar heavy. And I think there is like a key change in the, in the chorus up like a tone, yeah. which I think they did in Hannah Montana as well. Uh, at one point, I want to do an episode where I like rank all the Disney Channel theme songs. I think that'd be a lot of fun. This would probably be like maybe yeah around the around the center. I think around the middle. Corey in the house would probably be number one. Uh, but but alas, that's a story for another day. So can to just to give me a sense, can you rank the three Disney sitcoms that there is the most genuine fan enthusiasm for? In your opinion? That's a very good question. Does that make sense as a question? Yeah, it does. Just to give me a sense. Because mm -hmm. I'm wondering where does Good Luck Charlie fit into that? Is like, I don't think Good Luck Charlie is the show. From the, That's not the sense I get. But is it in the top three? Is it in the top five? Yeah, Good Luck what Charlie for a long time was probably the least hated. Like everyone seemed to at least have, a, oh yeah, I like that. Mm. I think Lee Allen Baker's, mm. you know, her recent... Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Revealing of herself has kind of ch changed that a little bit. Um, I think probably like Wizards of Waverly Place is the most loved. Hannah Montana yeah. has definitely a lot of passionate fans. It's probably more ironic uh, than anything else. Um, I like to think of myself as an ironic fan of Hannah Montana. And, and probably <laughs> a lot of this is... What about... These are probably like from this, like, like yeah, Zach people. and Cody, a lot of people love that's a raven which are all yeah, more so I was gonna bring that up which are all like pretty much from the same era which was like right before uh like the time i was old enough to really like like 
2000 and I don't know, eight to 13 or so is like right when I was in the prime age of paying attention. And this is all like right a touch before that. So, uh, so I'm sure like if you ask someone who's a little bit younger than me, they might have a different answer, but those are probably like the most popular ones. I'd say like yeah. Wizard, Zack and Cody, Hannah Montana. So this would be maybe the fourth or fifth string. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I'd probably guess. What I, I guess thinking. if you like pulled everyone about like their favorite Disney yeah. Channel live a- live action sitcoms, this would probably yeah. be around number five. If I had to, guess. yeah, yeah, people do like it. People do like it for sure. This is a this is a tangent, but I'll I'll have it only be thirty seconds. Okay. Um, Mr. Mo- Mr. Mosby on Sweet Life. Mm-hmm. Do you know about that dude's life story? Like, it's a very short life story, but there's two specific things that I think are crazy. Uh, he was in a car crash where he killed somebody and he was, had to do community service and shit and like went to prison or I think, I don't know if he just did two years. Yeah. He was fought four years in prison. Um, which is, and then to do to, I think everything happened basically after that, uh, as far as a career, which is crazy. Um, and then what he does now is he directs a bunch of Disney Channel shows. He's a very prolific director of Disney Channel shows and other multi-camera sitcoms. And so that is like a second career shift. So that's just wild to me. I mean, what what a thing to have such a famous character and then to be, I don't know, it's like three lives. Anyway, mm-hmm. okay, over, done. All right, good luck, Charlie. Uh, we've just finished the theme song of the first episode. Thanks, though. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's cool to, you know, I, I knew he was... um. I knew he was in that car crash and he was uh, he was arrested. Uh, I didn't know he was a director now, though. I'm just going to look into that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So it's nighttime now. Amy's going back to work. Uh, and she gives Bob a list of instructions. Um, first, that's, uh, this is like a red flag in real life, too. The fact that it's been nine months and Amy doesn't trust Bob with a baby. And they had like three babies before this. And Amy doesn't trust Bob, her husband, alone with a baby. Like, he's the father. He should be responsible. Yes. Anyway, uh, Spencer shows up at the house. The, the thing that I wrote down during that scene is, is this the first Disney property where neither parent is dead? <laughs> not quite, not quite. Uh, but it definitely <laughs> does say something that, like, especially a decom, you watch it, if the main characters, like, if both their parents are alive, it's like an anomaly. It definitely does, or, or both yeah. present. Yeah. Uh, so Spencer shows up at the house. He's played by Shane Harper. Uh, I wrote in my notes, in my notes, standard basic white boy love interest. I also he also starred in uh, a terrible. I haven't watched the whole thing, but like a Christian propaganda movie, propaganda oh movie called <gasps> God's Not Dead. <laughs> oh yes, I've heard of that. I've heard of God's Not Dead. I've watched like videos where they have clips from that. Yeah, I watched the trailer of it. I'm like, I can't tell if I want to hate watch this or if it would just bring me too much agony, and I don't think I'm gonna watch it. But anyway, Shane Harper was in that. Uh, so basically teddy invited spencer to her house because mom said no date at the library you have to stay home and help your dad with the baby because apparently he can't take care of the baby by himself uh so she invited spencer to the house (laughs) spencer asks about the the giant bug statue and bob says oh yeah i'm an exterminator which we're really hammering home i guess that's like one of his big characters yeah what's going on with that what that's not a valid if the kid goes why is there a gigantic (laughs) fucking bug statue in your house why are your pillows embroidered with ticks for the entire like seemingly probably i mean i watched the season one finale the tick pillows were still there still ugly like 
You don't, if you're a lawyer, you don't have fucking briefcase furniture. This is a psychotic choice to co to, and to have this be the first thing that is heard about it. Hey, what's that giant bug statue in the living room? Oh, that? I'm an exterminator. <laughs> uh, yeah, crazy. Yeah, that, that's definitely a thread that continues throughout the show is that Bob <laughs> is just a little bit too passionate about his job of killing bugs. Like, I feel like that's, a, if you take, you shouldn't take too much pleasure in that, you know, like killing bugs. Like, well, I don't see the fun part. Uh, anyway, so Spencer is like, oh, I left my book at school. First of all, if this is true, red flag. Uh, and if it's just an excuse to, you know, sit closer to Teddy and use her book, that's kind of, that's pathetic. So uh, big L either way for Spencer. Have you detected the theme that I hate Spencer? <laughs> I, I, I was certain that Spencer would not recur. I got a distinct sense that Spencer was only in the pilot and that they did not bring Spencer back because they didn't bring the um, that drummer kid back that has like a crush or whatever. Uh, maybe they do, do they? May okay, so now I'm just realizing I'm o I've only seen two episodes other than the pilot and so these are probably recurring characters that they I are. just... Okay. Spencer well, comes great. back quite a bit and he's actually pretty <laughs> important and spoilers up ahead, he, he cheats on her um which is, i think in like season two oh, or three no. and so they break up of course but then at the end of like the whole show they end up getting back together which a lot of fans really hated what is is it like a kiss uh what does cheating mean in this universe okay, so this he basically like teddy sees him like <laughs> hanging out with another girl and she's like who's that and he's like that's my cousin and then later she goes over to talk to her and she's like i thought you were his cousin so basically, that's the that's what they so they're, they're just kind of you know oh that's, snuggling that's incredibly contrived yeah it really just is. like everything else about this fucking television program mm -hmm. anyway yeah and Emmett uh the uh the guy who PJ plays music with he comes back a little bit too but he's much less important um mm. than Spencer I liked Emmett Emmett had star quality I I stand Emmett yeah Emmett's fun I like I'm Emmett for sure it. yeah Emmett spinoff show 2011 oh. is coming. <laughs> Yeah, imagine we just spin off now, just like Emmett as an adult, and show just called yeah. Emmett. And just, yeah, <laughs> he's just like a lawyer. He's, he just he works a, at a coffee shop. He works at a coffee shop, and so he has a big coffee mug in his living room. It's like massive. <laughs> yeah, you know, he just lives in a Starbucks. <laughs> All right. Oh God. Uh, right. so Spencer and Teddy are on the couch trying to like snuggle and, and stuff. Uh, Spencer's like, oh, I left my book at school. They're like, oh, we both forgot our pencils. Wow. Like, I, obviously, I think this is supposed to be, of course, they're like trying to, you know, hint at each other. Like, oh, we don't want to study. We just want to kiss. It's like, just say you want to make out if you really don't want to, you know, study, which you obviously don't. Uh, but then PJ and his band, which is one other guy, Emmett, are downstairs. PJ and the Vibe is their band. And Emmett is the vibe. Teddy goes downstairs to tell them to shut up because they're being way too loud. They're trying to study upstairs. And PJ's like, I will not be silenced. And so Teddy unplugs the guitar. And Emmett is all like, wow, Teddy's cheating on me because Emmett loves Teddy, which is a, a thread that does actually continue past the pilot and never amounts to anything. What is it with Disney Channel and people having crushes on their best friend's siblings? Like we have Emmett. Really motherfucking weird. You have Emmett. We I have... mean, people say that the Nickelodeon live action shows are perverse because they were made by a pervert. 
but there is some there is some perverse material on these fucking Disney channels though as well. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, Continue. it kind of is, but I feel like with Nickelodeon, especially the most popular Nickelodeon shows, now that it's confirmed that Dan Schneider has a foot fetish, a lot of that stuff is is in a much more negative light. If there was foots are so prominent. Hey, I'm editing and I just noticed that I said the word foots instead of feet. I would just like to make it known that I am aware the plural of foot is feet. Carrying on. In all the shows that he, he, he was a part of, which is extremely gross. But basically here, I kind of understand because it's like this show, show about a family. So like how else are you going to incorporate, you know, this kind of like, oh, crush dynamic. If it's like, like PJ's friend has a crush on Teddy. They did it with Harper and Justin and Wizards of Waverly Place. Uh, they did it with Willow and Joey and Liv and Maddie. This is something that that occurs a lot. I just feel like there's no sense of irony to it. I, I, maybe this is just my overarching problem with a lot of the Disney Channel live action TV shows. I really like the part. I the thing that I like about iCarly is that iCarly is aware that it's bad children's programming, and there's just no. I don't know, like something about having all the plots be very straightforwardly about like relationships. It's like, oh, you're literally, you're just making like a child's version of a bad adult sitcom. And I was really, I was really trying to look for the anything else that was there, but I was, I had a hard time of it. I did not like, the, I did not like this TV show. I'll just spoil the ending now. Yeah, that's I okay. mean, there, it was a very fun viewing experience, but this is not for me. But anyway, mm. continue with what that's you're one thing. About. That's one thing that I think like endears people to those Nickelodeon shows and reason like I really enjoyed Sam and Cat. And I feel like I totally understand why it only went one season because uh, both the main actors wanted to leave. But, like, they did not yes. try to teach the kids any lessons ever. One of my favorite examples was, um, yes. I think I've talked about this show before. There was an episode called Mad About Shoe, where Kat finds this one shoe that she loves. And she's like, I have to find the matching shoe. And they end up tracing it back to this girl who fell off her bike and she was in the hospital. Yeah. And basically, like, they go to the hospital, manage to trick her and steal her shoe and run off and don't get caught. And that's the episode. Like, you're teaching no morals. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of respect that. I mean, it's basically the Nickelodeon shows are all versions of Seinfeld and the Disney shows are all versions of Friends. And ultimately, I think Friends is trash and Seinfeld is funny. And if you disagree, then you probably would also disagree about the Nickelodeon shows and the Disney shows. But that's I mean, that's basically what it is. It's all just mutated versions of Friends where they're family members instead. Okay, that's why it's perverse. Yeah, I've actually I've <laughs> never watched Friends or Seinfeld because I I don't like to watch things that are popular if I haven't watched them already. Um, wow. It, yeah, I've never watched. That's an interesting one. I like to wait till the buzz dies down, but once it's died down, I, I but I definitely understand where where you would why you would want to do that. But how popular does it have to be? I don't know. It's it's just not like it's not like a rule of mine. I'm just like it kind of just turns me off to it if everyone loves it, uh, mm. loves it so much. And That's like, interesting. I understand what Disney Channel like when when they get in when they really try to hammer home like and here's what we all learned today. That's the episodes like that I don't like. Like there's a I, I don't know if you've seen the Phineas and Fur episode, the second one with Meep that it was, Meet Me in Seattle I think was the one, and basically the story is about like oh it's what's on the inside that counts. And then at the end Phineas is like we all learned a very important lesson today, 
but we all know what it is. So there's no point in restating it. And that's the thing I, I that I really yes. wish Disney Channel did more. Um. So anyway, yes, that's so true. Yeah. It's good luck, Charlie here. Uh, so Spencer and Teddy are like trying to get it on, but everyone keeps, you know, bothering them. PJ's music. Uh, Gabe, by the way, while this is going on, is starving. This is a subplot that we can get into is that no one gives Gabe any food. And Gabe is like 10 or 11. Uh, he comes is this like, an episodic thing or is this throughout the entire series? No, th- this is just in the pilot episode. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't it, sure if you were saying this was the first time we're glimpsing the... Uh, my mic is definitely making no, noises. If Gabe were constantly hungry throughout the entire series, yeah, I don't think it would entire... have been as popular. That was the main plot of the show. Like by season four, <laughs> Good Luck Charlie was just that show where Gabe is hungry. Like that, like 22 solid Good luck, minutes Gabe, of Gabe pursuing food. food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how is this allowed to happen? That like, that, like no one remembers to feed, to give Gabe food. I don't. I don't understand. And I know it's supposed to represent like oh really hammers home for like seven-year-olds like i was seven watching this like oh yeah gabe is being ignored and i definitely understand that if no one gives him food so i understand it and here's the the big thing the big thing that happens is bob comes down the stairs holding charlie steps on a rubber duck charlie flies through the air and then bob catches her at the bottom of the steps but on the but he was falling down the stairs and he he hurt his ass so now bob's ass hurts and he has to go to the hospital and uh, I remember this. This was like the part of the episode that would run like on the commercial, like the promos. It'd be like, oh, Bob yes. dropped the baby. There he goes, hurting his asshole. Oh, is Bob going to be okay? Um, and he says, nobody tells me. Even mom. as you say that, I'm realizing that I think I did see as a child a promo, probably a couple of times if I still remember it, that included the clip where he slips in the stairs and and, ha- and the baby's up in the air. Because I was like, what? This is giving me deja vu right now. And I bet that's what it was. I saw the ad that was like, watch our new show. Good luck, Charlie. Like, probably 50 Where times. a dad falls down but the I stairs. Never saw the show. Yeah, exactly. Where a dad drops a baby down the stairs. Will that get you sick kids to watch our... <laughs> fucking television show well apparently it watch a baby die yeah. on tv apparently first time ever children barely worked so oh good lord so pj uh who's my favorite character in the show personally drives bob to the hospital bob is like my butt is on fire and pj's like emmett and i wrote a song called my butt is on fire my butt is on fire and that's a hilarious gag as we all know uh, Teddy's taking care of Charlie. Spencer's all like, oh, should I leave? And he doesn't leave. Uh, they study. Charlie poops. Ha ha ha. Poop. Hilarious. Uh, and Bob is lying in a hospital bed. In a hospital. And remember, mom works at the hospital. And Bob says, we don't want mom to know we're here. And this is one of the staples I was talking about at the beginning of Disney Channel, which is lying unnecessarily. Not that like, e- even if Bob didn't want Amy to know that he almost dropped Charlie, he can just say, I stepped on a rubber duck and fell down the stairs and I got hurt. And she'll be like, oh, that's too bad. I hope you don't hurt any longer. Yeah. What is there a question in that? I mean, it's absurd. I wrote down <laughs> the escalation from this is partly referencing things that are about to come up. But anyway, the escalation from don't tell mom I dropped the baby to don't tell mom who is a nurse that we are in a hos- in her hospital to impersonate a doctor <laughs> is so needlessly manic there it's like just uh, 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 doesn't make any sense at all and uh 
yeah, that's sort of my mem what I remember of wizards is just I'd be like, why is everybody acting like they're in a state of mania just so that the plot will keep advancing when you could advance the plot by any number of other means? Like you don't need to advance the plot in increasingly bizarre and illogical directions. You can just have like, <laughs> I don't know, it's just bizarre. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. There's there are imminently more sensible ways to make the things that they want to happen happen and to tell the same jokes and I, I don't know why they i guess it's to be zany i guess there's some sort of zaniness that they think they're accomplishing by doing it uh it doesn't work for me but yeah <laughs> yeah this happens we see this a lot in disney channel uh where <laughs> yeah. they have like a final destination in mind or like we want to create this conflict where bob is hiding this secret from amy uh, but it doesn't make sense why he would want to do that in the first place. It's something they kind of forget to address. Uh, but you know, overall, like, I feel like I'm forgiving of small things like that. Uh, yeah. when you end up with something I like, I should try to be more forgiving. Oh no, it's fine. Like some people just aren't like, it, it's okay. <laughs> no, but no, I'm, I'm forgiving when you see like PJ is like, Oh, I've got to, uh, blend in and wear this, uh, and steal this, this lab, this doctor coat, whatever it's called. <laughs> That's on a hanger on the wall. I have to steal it and blend in and pretend to be a doctor. And then he sees his mom out in the hall. So he panics and hides behind a curtain. And that's where we see the, the boy with the, with the fish hook stuck in his, his face, stuck in his lip. And PJ, Such a, so creepy. What yeah, did they vision. accidentally hire someone that does like really realistic horror makeup? And they were like, "Oh fuck, I, this is a Disney Channel show. Why did we hire you? Here, put a fish hook in this kid's mouth." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I understand. What PJ, instead of being like, "Oh, I'm not a real doctor," and just hiding, is like, "Well, I guess I'm wearing the doctor's coat, so I am a doctor now." <laughs> and he tries to help. And he tries to help out the kid. And I, okay, so he says, he looks at the name on his coat. He says, I am Dr. Chandra Suliwan. I don't know if that's actually what the coat said or if he like looked at it quickly and can't read upside down and just kind of put sounds together. And the kid says, are you Indian? And PJ says, we prefer to be called Native American. Wow, look, a racially insensitive joke. What a shocking turn of events here on the Disney Channel. Never before seen. <laughs> racially non nonsensical I don't know. It barely it barely tracks as a joke enough to even offend. Yeah, but also yes. makes no sense. Um, uh, <laughs> right, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, offensive and makes no sense. Uh, probably a low point for this for this episode. Uh, PJ tries to act like he knows what he's doing. He's like, "What seems to be the problem?" Like a like a psychologist or something. And the kid says, "I have a fish a fish hook in my lip," uh, and that's basically that plot is um it pretty much is done there. Teddy, meanwhile, back at home, singing a lullaby to Charlie. Spencer tries to, like, hum along and hold Teddy. And then Mrs. Dabney called. But Mrs. Dabney, um, the neighbor, is like, Gabe is eating all my food. By the way, yes. Mrs. Dabney, she she's recurring as well. And her and Gabe yes, have, like... Yes, I, so I saw the the season one finale is a Miss Dabney episode called Driving Miss Dabney that's about the quinceanera of Teddy or whatever. They don't call it that, I guess, but because they're is it a sweet 16 or something <laughs> anyway yeah it's like her 16th birthday or whatever and she wants to learn how to drive and there's like some we some whole plot line with her dad who's like emotional about teaching her how to drive so he's being all weird which is weird in and of mm -hmm. itself um and anyway then she ends up driving miss dabney like out into the mountains and their car breaks down and that's the episode i actually don't remember that one i don't think i do 
Uh, but yeah, Mrs. Dabney, like as a kid, she's like, oh, mean lady. But as you get older, uh, everyone loves Mrs. Dabney. She's a great actor as well. She was on a couple other Disney Channel shows, like doing guest spots. Uh, Mrs. Yeah. Dabney's great, and she hates Gabe. And Gabe is eating all her food. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty fucked up yeah, subplot. Her, her where... malice for Gabe is. I like that the malice for Gabe is played straight. I like that it's not like, oh, I'm sort of mad at you. It's genuinely, oh, I hate this child. I want this child out of my house. And if it's tinged with maybe a little bit of sweetness, she seems to genuinely be annoyed by the child at mm. the very least. I can only remember, I think, like maybe one or two times where Mrs. Dabney kind of got a little bit too mean. Like, I, I don't know if I'm just making this up, but I feel like there was one where she was trying to like <gasps> plot to get them to want to move away or something. Uh, Cause she just hated Gabe that much. I don't remember that, but anyway, uh, this is a pretty fucked up subplot where Gabe doesn't have anything to eat. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile at the hospital, mom sees PJ, uh, who I guess has just like opened the curtain, leave the fish hook kid to his own devices and walk back over to dad. But mom sees him like PJ and he awkwardly leans on the curtain and reveals Bob lying there with the hospital gown. And it was like, uh, dad fell down the stairs and broke his butt and amy says you weren't holding the baby were you and bob just kind of fesses up and amy says you promised you weren't gonna drop this one uh which is you know i bet someone was really proud of that joke uh but they're uh-huh. they're freaking <laughs> they're freaking out they're like we're terrible parents pj's like chill out we're gonna help you and it's like well i guess that's the conclusion of this this storyline then yep <laughs> <laughs> i have nothing to add uh i Um, wrote down i wrote down i'm not sure whether this show is high concept like wizards or just a relaxed family comedy i think that by this point i had basically decided it was relaxed family comedy but i don't understand why the plot lines are so zany then i just like why make it so it it maybe it's like supposed to be the way that a child would think of a plot like it feels like that like you sort of have a kid watch a lot of tv and be like what happens in an episode of tv you know i I feel like i'm not sure if that's meant to be a compliment or an insult you'd be like i feel like this was (laughs) written by children Uh, no i mean i i think it it was written for children yeah and i think that you know there's nothing necessarily wrong with that i just think that there's a lot of good media that children can get something out of that doesn't uh stoop to their level yeah in every way okay mm. that's where i'll leave it <laughs> yeah all right so teddy picks gabe up from mrs dabney's because he was there stealing her food uh then they have a nice heart to heart on her porch about how gabe feels so neglected ever since charlie was born and teddy's like well you know it's okay and gabe's like okay and there's a nice emotional resolution we all wanted uh meanwhile so teddy and gabe go back home teddy and spencer are finally alone uh, they're about to start yeah. kissing when Bob and PJ walk back in. Bob's all, he's yelling like, bruised coccyx, coccyx, ha 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 uh, Because he's like high off the pain meds or something. And then Spencer has to leave because his ride shows up. So as with all Good Luck Charlie episodes, this one closes with uh, a video diary, just like they all open. Uh, and with Teddy saying, hey, Charlie, you know, when you're my age and you meet a cute boy, do not ever bring him home. And if you do, well... Good luck, Charlie. Whoa! Title drop at the end of the episode. Who saw that coming? Okay, wait. Do they title drop in every episode? Every single episode ends with uh, the video diary. Ends with Good Luck, Charlie. It's really, it's definitely a low point. Uh, And they always do a title drop. Always. End of every episode ends with Good Luck, Charlie. (gasps) Wow! 
At least I can't think of any way they don't. It's not it's not something I like about this show. That's fucking insane. No, I kind of love it. That makes me uh that makes me have a little bit of respect for this show for daring. Really? Daring to to title throughout every single episode. Oh, because I feel like it's just no, like I'm... it's just kind of like a a lame attempt at like mm. making the title I'm being make a sense. Bit yes. I don't know. <laughs> Mm, yeah. Whatever. No, I agree with you. I'm being a little facetious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did say I like that they keep the babies talking and cooing in the show. Also, how many babies do they have to play Charlie? Because aren't like I would think that babies are hard to film. Is there like quadruplets? They have one baby. Uh, a lot of times. Wow. Uh, Mia Tallarico. Yeah, she played Charlie from the start all the way to when she was like four years old at the end of the show. And by the wow. end, she actually, she had speaking lines. She was a part of scenes. They had one baby do it. Um, obviously she's wow. not in every scene now. Now, that. a lot of times I use dolls, you know, for the really early stages, but it is one baby. Uh, every time you see Charlie, uh, she's in the opening credit sequence. Mia Tallarico as Charlie. Yeah. It's just, uh, is she, is she like a little bit older than she looks or something? Okay. Like most series featuring baby actors, I'm reading off the Wikipedia page. I won't read all of this. Producers originally intended to have identical twins play Charlie. Having Hiring two babies allows for longer workdays without violating child labor laws, mm -hmm. as well as the ability to substitute one child for the other if one was unavailable. However, the showmakers were unsuccessful in finding the proper set of twins and cast Tellerico instead. Marsh says, quote, it was their highest risk while creating the show. It's like flying without a net. She may have one bad day and we can't shoot and it'll cost us tens of thousands of dollars. But so far, so good. She's the most obedient actor I've ever worked with. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, really thought, I knew that like a lot of times you'll have... Uh when you have like a baby on a show you will cast twins i hadn't really thought yeah. about it in the terms of like one day a baby just might not want to work and right? then no one can work yeah uh i know a mm. lot of times they i feel like they probably just like use dolls like that's where the dolls come in it's like if mia just wasn't having it one day they were like all right just uh, don't show the doll's <laughs> face and that that's that's Something uh like that. how they would kind of make up for it but but yeah everyone especially as she like got a little older like two three four and started talking like everyone loved her um and I don't know if very she's cute, she's like eleven cute. or twelve now. I think uh, I don't know if she's done that much other acting and stuff. Look at her IMDb page. Um, and I mean, it's not like she had a choice uh, to be on Good Luck Charlie in the first place. I guess she's done some stuff. Uh, she was in the sh she's in the show called Conrad now, apparently. Uh, so yeah, she's done a couple other things. That's interesting. All right. Anyway, so episode two is I much prefer episode two to episode one. And I honestly, I think this one would have made a much better pilot as well. Uh, and the first, first one, like if they just scrapped the first one altogether, it's called baby come back. Start with the video diary. Once again, as per usual, uh, and Amy and Bob can't stop doing baby talk to each other. And you know, uh, yes. uh, which is incredibly annoying. PJ downloaded a podcast on the history of ballet to drown out the baby talk. Uh, and Amy and Bob, the, when Teddy brings it to their attention that they are just speaking like babies, uh, they admit that they're fried. And so Teddy suggests that they have a night out together. Teddy says, we three, we kids, we will take care of Charlie. You two just go off, which is kind of funny considering just last episode, Amy didn't even want to leave Bob and the three kids with Charlie. And now she's all right, leaving just the three kids to take care of Charlie. 
I like this. I like I like this moment. I think this moment is a good it, this moment Teddy sort of clicked into place. The pilot, I was like, what's going on with this Teddy character? She seems like a featureless void a little bit. Um, but I think that Teddy is uh, an Enneagram type two. I don't probably most of your listeners don't know what that <laughs> is, but look it up. Somebody that needs uh needs like people to say i love you back to her when she says i love you and like somebody that is a little bit manipulative even as she can justify it and the thing the character that i thought of is like emma from jane austen who's like this perfect i mean not perfect she's very flawed she's a great character i was like yeah that's brilliant to make that the star of your kids tv show i don't know if that definitely remains the case but i like this moment for that reason i don't know if that makes any sense at all yeah, I understand. I don't know. I guess I can kind of see uh, Teddy that way at the beginning, but like a lot, a lot of times, you know, they're still trying to figure out what the characters are like in the really early stages, and I, I'm yeah. not sure if it really stays that way in the in the long run. Um, but basically, right. the thing that gets Amy to finally agree to have a night out is when Gabe tries to show them a magic trick where he just yanks the tablecloth off the table with all the breakfast stuff on it and everything falls on the floor. And honestly, Amy, if you were like, I'm not sure if you kids are responsible enough. And then you see that. And that's what finally you're like, yeah, you know what? Fine. We'll go. I don't really understand that leap of logic there. Uh, but sure, whatever. Then we hear the yeah. theme song again. And um, then it's nighttime, apparently. And Bob and Amy are heading out on their date night, even though when PJ takes Charlie for a walk in the park, it's, clear, it's clearly not the nighttime. Clearly it's like the, the afternoon. Oh, why does the public park look like medieval times? Do they use this set again? What a bizarre set. Uh, it is pretty bizarre. I don't remember <laughs> it ever coming up. I don't know, but I have seen this episode several times. So maybe I'm just more familiar with it because of that. Um, it, it looks like they were filming something that was set in ancient Rome. And they were like, okay, we don't have time to change the set. Good luck, Charlie, in eight hours. Like, set designers, do your work. <laughs> and they put some, like, ivy over it and some, like, trees put in the back. Put a little horsey like, in the park. It's a park you know oh my god but a little horsey so yeah so, so that's pj riding a little horsey another kid kind of makes him get <laughs> off uh so now uh as pj's walking charlie with a, with a little stroller around uh a guy in a purple superhero costume appears named captain stretchy and he's looking for the birthday party and he has a little discussion with pj captain they really try to make captain stretchy important but he's not important at all to to this plot uh, anyway, Captain Stretchy goes Is off. Is Captain PJ's... Stretchy a recurring character? I don't, I don't believe so. No. Thank I, God. I, yeah. All right. Yeah, we don't need any more. Captain, Captain Stretchy does not work. Captain Stretchy is a, it's a no go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a no go. Uh, and then PJ work. sees a girl, and he's like, "Oh, hello!" And she's Emma, and I don't think Emma ever comes back either. But she's Emma, and she is walking her little brother, who I don't think uh, we ever hear the name of, and her and she and pj actually have the same stroller so they're like kind of like like oh hey and they sit on the bench and they chat it up for uh, for a little while back at home gabe is practicing magic he breaks an egg he fails oh i want to say the girl at the park doesn't the girl at the park look like teddy i was like why why do you cast an actress that looks anything like the star of your show <laughs> i don't know it's just weird really? i think you could cast I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I I, maybe I'm just seeing things. I was like, you cast the... Anyway, sorry. Continue. I don't know. I guess maybe because I've seen this show so much and I'm so used to like just I'm just seeing Bridget Mandler and things 
It just didn't occur to me. Is but that I guess you're not is? as familiar. Is yeah, Bridget no, Miller's Teddy, yeah. Oh, Bridget Miller's Teddy. Oh, well, duh, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Well, I would. Know. Yeah, okay, so it anyway, didn't occur continue. to me, but I guess they do have definitely have some some similarities. I guess uh, Emma did look, exactly as you would imagine, same. a pretty pretty generic <laughs> Disney Channel girl. Everyone uh, in the show looks pretty like much like a generic Disney Channel person, which I yeah. guess is to be expected for the Disney Channel. Uh, anyway, back at home, Gabe practicing magic. He breaks an egg. Then PJ gets home. He's all happy. And Teddy notices that he brought home the wrong baby because this baby has a penis and Charlie doesn't. Oh no. Uh, so it's a total disaster. Uh, PJ actually, I actually think this was a pretty funny line when, uh, because he got Emma's number and Teddy was like, well, call her. And he's like, mm, if I call now, don't I look desperate? Uh, which of course is, you know, pretty, I think that was, I think that was pretty funny actually when Teddy was like, you are desperate. Uh, but then yeah. PJ finds out that Emma apparently gave her the wrong number because a Chinese restaurant picks up, which is a big, very sad moment. Uh, then mom calls and Teddy makes baby noises into the phone, but it sounds like a monkey. Do you have any thoughts Bruh. on the sequence of events? Oh my God. The scene where she's making the noises is so cringy. Can I get I my... Funny. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, man. Anything like a baby. Is that what I the a, like did the actress do that? And they were like, that sounds more like a monkey. Put that line in. Or did they make the actress do a baby noise that was unconvincing and sounded like a monkey? And if so, why? Like the monkey line's not funny enough to justify it, and her noise sounds distressingly more similar to a monkey than a baby. Anyway, baffling, bizarre. But I also, I, think, I just want to my... guess. Yeah. If I had to guess, I, I, I would guess that maybe like at a read through, it said like, and then Teddy makes baby noises, and Bridget Mendler was just like, uh, oh, uh, 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 and everyone laughed because it sounded like a monkey. So then they changed the script because of that. They just changed the script around, like, so, like Bridget Mendler not having any practice and making baby sounds. I don't know, man. I want to give my overall thoughts on PJ and what's the little brother's name? Gabe? Gabe, yeah. Okay. Gabe looks like baby Tim Allen and kind of acts like baby Tim Allen. That's my mm. thoughts on Gabe. What are what's the What is the community's thoughts? Does the community have characters that they like and don't like? Because I know they don't like, you said they don't like the boyfriend or whatever. They don't like. Yeah, uh, I feel like in in general, I don't feel like I don't. I'm I'm not like in up with the like what everyone good like Charlie. Yeah. You know, I'm sure some people love him, some people hate him. I just the know fandom. that everyone hates Spencer. <laughs> Does anyone do good like much. Charlie cosplay? <laughs> I, I hope not. Just wearing a fucking normal ass t-shirt, but I, too many layers. <laughs> Sorry. I do know. Me. I do know there was a fan theory circulating at some point that Gabe was adopted because all the other kids have blonde hair. <laughs> Uh, but I disagree because sometimes you can have four kids and three will have blonde hair and one of them yeah. won't. That's something it that is definitely like plausible. That. For sure. Uh, even though, and that maybe that's why it feels like left out all the time. It's like his hair is symbolic of that or whatever. I don't know. But I think Bradley Stephen Barry is actually like a pretty talented child actor. He was in uh Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure also, as kind of like an enemy turned friend. Uh, and he gets better and better throughout uh, throughout Good Luck Charlie, I think. And he's already pretty good right off the top, which like which most ten year old actors that isn't true for. I actually think he does a pretty good job. Yeah, he's he's decent. Um, PJ, I'm more critical of. Uh, I think that maybe PJ eventually they figure out what's going on there, like what the character is. You said at the top of the show you you describe PJ as stupid, and I think that's an interesting way of sort of 
encapsulating it. Uh, it it is stupid. I think that it's sort of supposed to be a mix of goofball, but a little bit. There's like a little bit of a rebellious thing, but the actor can't play the rebellious part. The actor plays it pure harmless goofball. Um, but I feel like the actor also. It's like there's a well of inner rage that the actor has to keep in. Like the actor just isn't. The actor wants to be like a like a fucking chain smoking motorcycle driving. Like that's who that actor wants to play. It's just bizarre. I think it's a bad casting. That's... It what PJ didn't work for me uh, at all. I think he needs to be more neurotic or something. I don't know what it is. Like it's just not PJ. That's interesting. PJ, okay. I feel the way that you feel about the girl that Charlie, the boy that. The person that Charlie's dating, the boy. You mean Teddy? Charlie's the baby. Ted, Teddy. Teddy. Okay. The person. Um, Charlie's the baby. Teddy. The the per. Mm-hmm. Right. Who's? Th- I'm sorry. The names of this show are hard. I'm really bad with names. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll shut up. It's okay. Teddy is the main character who's like 15 or 16 years old, and Charlie is the baby. PJ. Uh, so the, he's played by Jason Dolly, who was in a lot of Disney Channel things. Um, he even was like, he played like leads in several Disney channel original movies, like hatching Pete and Minutemen. And basically there are two types of characters he ever played. One of them is, uh, the lovable idiot like PJ and like his character on Cory in the house, Newt. They're very similar. And the other one, which is what he played in most of the DCOMs he was in is just normal kid uh just just a normal kid honestly is the best i can describe he's just like hi uh he's just so a normal weird. kid i feel like that's uh-huh. not his energy at all i feel like the actor has very um i don't know like he seems like a villain in twin peaks like he seems like he would be smoldering at a at a cold bar it's just it's so weird to me i don't know maybe don't... maybe it's just because i've seen him play this type of character for so long but i don't see that at all i can't imagine jason dolly as a villain i have, I just... I have weird takes i'm sorry given my that's okay i do know takes. about jason dolly now is that he's uh like a twitch gamer and oh my god stuff hell yeah hilarious yeah mm-hmm. that's what i know about him now but i, I like pj I, i'm generally a, a fan of the the lovable idiots of which there are many throughout disney channel uh and i think pj is probably one of the best ones especially because a lot oftentimes it's like a a younger kid it's fun to see like the oldest one is is the dumb one i don't know play around messing with the formula so uh so what's the word i'm looking for ambitious to make the dumb kid the oldest one instead of the youngest one really breaking down barriers here at disney channel <laughs> anyway so they lost the baby back at the park they go back to the park to try and find emma and they see captain stretchy yet again so basically they asked Captain Stretchy, like, because apparently Emma had told PJ, like, oh yeah, Captain Stretchy did one of my little brother's birthday parties and sat on the cake. So they go to Captain Stretchy and be like, hey, do you remember the birthday party where you sat on the cake and where they live? Because they, you know, you need to find them. And he kind of bribes them and then says, no, I don't remember. Uh, so he just rips them off. Um, and that's the story there. <laughs> and uh, this is where I put in my notes. Wait, at the beginning they said this was a night out, but it's clearly daytime this whole time, uh, which we had already touched on. Anyway, now we we slide over to the restaurant uh, where Bob and Amy are. La Cantina. Is that what it was called? I, yes, I mean, La Cantina. I, I wrote that down because here in Baltimore we have a terrible Mexican restaurant called La Palapa. Uh, not everyone thinks it's terrible. I think it's terrible. I knew a girl that the one of the like the co-owner of one of the two that they have like two and he was co-owner of one um 
it was like her dad or whatever uh and it was definitely literally bug infested so the whole time on this show there was like oh this restaurant is bugs i was like this is literally fucking lapa lapa they didn't even change the name it legitimately the decor looks the same like la cantina is fucking lapa lapa that's my take wow wow good to know yeah i was just gonna you know bob who's an exterminator says this place is one of my best customers i got a discount name is like hmm maybe we shouldn't go to the restaurants that need lots of bugs to be killed uh meanwhile purely out of coincidence emma and her family with the stroller are at the same restaurant and of course charlie is in the stroller so when amy gets up and goes to the bathroom and walks by the stroller she sees charlie and freaks out and runs back to bob like bob i think it's charlie and bob's like chill out you're going insane and then someone whispers, someone walks over to Bob and like whispers in his ear. Oh, oh, sorry, wow, voice crack. Whispers in his ear and says, and Bob says, oh, I'm needed in the kitchen. It's very funny, you know, bugs to kill. Meanwhile, the three kids are driving around with Captain Stretchy. Uh, I don't know how he's helping us anymore. Um, but then when he gets home, uh, he's like, oh, this is my house. I'm going to leave now. So he gets out of the car and leaves. Captain uh, Stretchy really reminds me of on Big Brother, the reality show, when they have mm-hmm. someone come into the house and just sort of be obnoxious as a punishment for the other contestants. And they <laughs> usually get the same actor to do it, and he'll go like, "I'm a bit like he'll be like a big baby, and so he'll walk around in a diaper and be like, "Wow, wow, I'm so sad," and just be as obnoxious as possible <laughs> in the other fa- person's face. That is what Captain Stretchy gave me the vibes of. Except that I feel like Captain Stretchy didn't even put enough energy into it to like really pull it off as obnoxious. It was a weirdly downbeat mopey performance of an annoying person all right <laughs> yeah okay here's the thing with Kevin stretchy because in the worst way possible this was kind of a subversion of because i expected captain stretchy to come back and like what and like be the instrumental in the plot in one way or another or he, he just wasn't he wasn't at all like if he had never showed up pj would have still talked to emma uh, they would have still swapped strollers. They would have still uh, gone everywhere looking for her. Captain Stretchy provided nothing to this story yeah. at all. Now, if Captain Stretchy were the narrator of the episode and appeared at the beginning and said, Hello, children. Time for another tale from the world of Charlie. Then I would like... That oh. would make me. That would make me like. Like if 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 Captain Stretchy were sort of the god of this universe, I think that would be the thing it would take to get me to like Captain Stretchy. Uh, yeah, and call the cool show because Captain Stretchy presents. <laughs> <laughs> or what if it was a totally different show? Because Captain Stretchy meets so many kids all over town, and it's just like, and here are the kids I met today, and what they are like. And it was just the Captain yes. Stretchy show about all the kids he meets. Oh my god, like fucking Peter Greenaway's The Falls. Nobody is gonna know that movie, but it's I don't know what similar. Alright, similar to what you were just saying, kind of. Anyway, after Captain Stretchy leaves the car, uh, never to be seen again, it's time for Deep Talk, where PJ is like, how am I gonna tell them I lost Charlie? Why do I always mess up? And meanwhile, Gabe sees that Captain Stretchy dropped his driver's license in the car, oh left it in god. there, and I, feel, I felt like I should mention this. <laughs> that Captain Stretchy he left his driver's license in the car. Captain Gabe picks it up, Stretchy. sees it. <laughs> the reason Captain Stretchy doesn't come back is that Captain Stretchy gets shot and killed. Like, Captain Stretchy's wandering around the streets in fucking purple spandex with no driver's license and no way to get home. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they dropped him off at his house. Oh, I thought they, so were, I thought they were at their house. <laughs> no, no, no. They, 
They dropped Captain Stretchy off at Captain Stretchy's house, but he left okay. his driver's license in the car. Right. What I wanted I to point out was after Gay picks it up and uh, makes a fat joke, uh, which Disney loves to do, he just uh. he chucks it out the window. Yeah, yeah exactly. He says, well, I don't care whether Captain Stretchy ever drives again. I, and just I understand throws it out the why window. the next door neighbor hates this boy so much. Yes, <laughs> you can never understand when you see him do things like that. Uh, and they never go back to that. Honestly, I would be more angry if I had a, a child. I'd be more angry that they threw somebody else's driver's license out the window with total disregard than if they accidentally, you know, swapped strollers uh, with someone else. And then everything was totally fine. Like, because one is an honest mistake and one just shows a total lack of empathy. Yeah, one is we need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm still fucking referencing things nobody probably knows, but some people are gonna know that movie. Anyway, I wrote. Okay, keep going, keep going, keep going. The next the next notes that I have are about the quote in in scare quotes slapstick set piece. So you can re- you can know, keep going. I have nothing to say about anything that happens until then. Okay, okay. So here's what happens. So the three kids get to the restaurant, uh, and they're gonna come clean to their parents and tell them what happened, uh. Meanwhile, Amy hates the mariachi band for some reason. So the kids walk in. They have the wrong stroller, right? But then they see Emma, who's who's in the restaurant too, of course. Wow, amazing, shocking. Uh, but the parents see them. Amy is like, oh, hi, kids. Uh, and so it's like, oh, well, how do we switch the babies, even though the baby is right there, now that, uh, you know, mom and dad see us. So Teddy tells Gabe to walk over to Amy and Bob's table. And do and the callback to the beginning. Didn't love the callbacks, uh, just like in Quiplash. And he yanks the tablecloth off the table, and everything flies everywhere. And Amy and Bob are so you know distracted with all the food just flying everywhere. But Teddy and Emma, who somehow saw them walk in, I guess apparently Emma saw them. They switch the babies, and now everything's back. Charlie and the other kid are back in the right strollers where they belong. Um, I wanted to point out, uh, somehow Emma's family didn't notice or care that it was the wrong baby, uh, this whole time. They didn't notice when they switched the babies. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's up with them. Uh, do you have, we'll have any more interjections here before we go on with the, the very final stages of the episode. The, okay. The set piece where he pulls the tablecloth off and it's all in fucking slow motion and she switches the baby. I I agree that the bones of this episode, for the most part, are stronger than episode one, but there's two major things it has going against it, which is Captain Stretchy and this set piece. It doesn't work at all. It's so awkward. It's so, like, it's like, oh, I'm walking over here in slow motion. I'm picking up the baby and swapping the other baby. It takes so long. It's so awkward. And it, it just, it's like, what am I even watching here? What even is this? And it is a shame because otherwise it would be a decent episode of television if you cut that and Mr. Stretchy. So you'd have about three minutes left, but they'd be fine, good minutes. <laughs> I loved the slow-mo part. I loved it. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. It was hilarious. It was so right, hilarious agreed, and campy. I disagree. It was so, so campy and like, oh, here's a dramatic moment. But in essence, you're, all you're doing is like passing the baby to someone. It's very, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. And I'm, I guess it's just a matter style. of taste. It's a matter uh, of taste. That's fine. But this is like 
All right, so the episode ends. I did. PJ I can... did actually. I realized. I wrote down. Wait, does the mom say the title of the show every episode? Uh, and it's true. It does happen. I still can't believe that. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's Teddy. Sometimes it's Amy. Sometimes Different it's characters. someone all the time. Fair it, 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 like, who's it the, who's the least important character that ever says the title of the show in your memory? Um, like, do they ever have the neighbor say it? Do they ever? Oh man, uh, really make me scrape. I think Teddy's friend <laughs> Ivy. Who okay. I think, I think comes in episode three. Actually, makes her debut. I feel like she might have said it at one point, or maybe like said it along with Teddy. They do that sometimes. They'll have a couple of different people say it together. Really trying to mix it up, keep things fresh. Anyway, the episode ends with so PJ confronts Emma and says, "Why'd you give me the wrong number?" And Emma's like, "No, you just put it in wrong. You like uh put one of the numbers in wrong." And somehow, instead of that being like, oh, I'm such an idiot, let us let me fix your number and we can hang out, it ends with Emma being, like, unimpressed that he put the number in wrong and, like, storming off never to be seen again, which was kind of confusing. Uh, episode ends, video diary, now you're home and safe and sound and everything turned out okay for you, uh, but not for us because mom saw the pee stains on the carpet and we couldn't explain it, so now we're in trouble. And I think this kind of uh speaks to what we were saying before about like sam and cat and like not trying to shove morals down your throat like i would not have minded if they just didn't hold the kids accountable for their mistake you know if they just let them come out with the win and be like yeah we fooled them we did it success for us and the fact that they end the episode with like oh but then we got caught uh and uh now we're in trouble just kind of felt very tagged on and like oh we gotta provide some sort of lesson the whole idea of being in trouble i just I don't know. I don't know. I think that they are so vague about what that means, but I don't know what they want it to mean. And I think that the thing is that Disney Channel can't be like, here's what normal parenting is when it comes to discipline, because people's families are very different in the way that they talk about that and discuss it. And so they have to gloss over it because there, there's no like, there's no cultural script for that, I would say. Um, but it's sort of weird, like this idea of like, I'm punishing the kids and then you don't ever <laughs> quite see what that is or what that means. Yeah. I know, it's just interesting. Actually, I can think of that. Uh, there are a lot of instances where they're very explicit in Disney Channel shows with punishments and it's usually like you're grounded for a week or something generic like that or like, yeah. you know, no TV or something. Uh, so they don't necessarily shy away from the, that. That was a weird thing. Like they didn't even really say what the punishment was. Which I really yeah. thought of. I feel like ground, even grounded, I understand the general idea, but I think the way that people practice grounded, the idea of grounded is a very loose cult, loose, it's different yeah. families have different, I don't know. Anyway, I'm just, I, I, I do see what you're saying for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even know what like grounding, like, what is that? It's just like, cause every family yeah. just decides what it means. Like, yeah. Is it like, you can't see your friends, you can't leave the house at all. Like, you know, just different, whatever, diff- you can only see certain people, you know, you can't have people in your room. There's lots of different stuff like that. And that all could loosely be called grounding. And it, I don't know. Anyway, I'm really mm-hmm. off on a tangent and we're at the end now and it's going to be awkward because now you have to end it and we're in the middle of a separate conversation, but it's good luck, Charlie. <laughs> So actually, well, it's not quite done. There's a credit scene of Gabe. Oh, yes, trying okay, that, credit scene. Yeah, of, of Gabe trying out that magic trick that he tried earlier with the quarter and the egg. Uh, and he's showing it to Captain Stretchy at the park, uh, who somehow got there without his driver's license. Um, and my one note on this scene, because Gabe is like, here's a quarter. And in this hand, 
an ordinary egg. And I love the way Gabe says ordinary egg. I don't know. I could listen to it over yes. and over again. I think it's great. And he does it successfully, but he doesn't tell Captain Stretchy how he does it. And that's how the episode ends. Um, kind of like, as I said before, this is miles better than the pilot, in my opinion. Uh, it served better in terms of like its focus on here's, here are the kids helping to take care of the baby. So I think it would have worked better as a pilot as well. And in terms of the classic, like, you know, baby swap hijinks, it's honestly like, I think it's one of the, I think it's like a, a really prototypical Disney channel episode. Like, I feel like I could use this one as like, yeah, here's kind of what Disney channel is all about. Yeah. And it would kind of, it would kind of work pretty nicely. I can tell you, I don't think I had any particularly interesting thoughts about the season one finale that would be interesting to someone that hadn't watched it. I did not write very much down about it. I will say there's this like mountain lady that has one scene uh, and her and Teddy have better chemistry than any other two characters on the show. And that's that's <laughs> my only that's my only thoughts on, on that episode. <laughs> All right. Great. Thank you very much. We're coming on Disney Channel Discourse. Do you have of any course. final thoughts? Do you have any no, final my... thoughts about Good Luck Charlie final or about Disney Charlie. Channel as a whole? Ah, man. Good Luck Charlie, I don't get it. I if, if you're listening to this episode and you think that you can convince me to like Disney Channel TV shows, uh, yeah, fucking tweet. My Twitter handle is at Sam underscore E underscore circle. Uh, find me and convince me that I am not convinced. I do not get it. Uh, but yeah, you know, different strokes for sure. That was a very smooth segue into plugging your Twitter. Uh, congratulations on that. Usually I'll just say any plugs and then they'll go right ahead. But, uh, you just went right into it. Professionals. Uh, anything besides your Twitter you'd like to plug? Go right ahead. No, that's fine. All right. Well, I will cap this off by saying thank you for listening to this week's episode of Disney Channel Discourse. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Disney Channel Discourse. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Melleris. And you can follow MWCA.musical on TikTok as well. You will see Sam and you will see Zach who was on last week. And you will see me for much less time. And you will see the rest of our amazing cast as well when that show comes to YouTube sometime in March. Does this does your uh does this show have a catchphrase? Uh no. I don't have a catchphrase. No catchphrase? I was gonna say I should say your catchphrase in a doof voice. Just say good luck, Charlie. That's how we'll end. We'll end with good luck, Charlie. Uh good luck, Charlie, Nador.